It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look, the offensive line, we talked about that ad nauseum. It was a nightmare last year, but it looks like it's in place to have a bounce back year in 2023. The big question is, got four locked down for five position. Who? Who's going to be that fifth one? You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. Thank you all so much for joining us for the only daily Boston College podcast out there. Thank you so much for making us part of your daily routine. All right, on today's show, we're about four days away from getting the final depth chart for week one. And there's a few question marks I think that are worth talking about as we head into the NIU week. We're going to look at the offensive line, the quarterback position. I'm going to talk some more of the nonsense going on with the ACC. We'll get into all of that on today's show. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. So the offensive line. Everyone is starting to feel more confident when you talk to the staff, you're talking to the players, you, 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 you talk to Donovan Azaraku, for instance, right? He's telling you it's a world of difference between 2022 and 2023 with the additions of guys like Christian Mahogany, who's back and healthy, Logan Taylor and Kyle Hergel. Now, as we're getting ready for this depth chart to drop, for Jeff Halfley to drop that truth bomb of who's going to be starting day one against the Huskies, you have four guys that you know are going to be the starting offensive lineman because he's already said he's got his starting five. And you can look at the list of who's going to play and get four of those guys, right? We all know Drew Kendall, he's going to be your starting center. There's no question marks about that. He was an all-American, all-freshman American last year on one uh, publication. He was starting to find his own, even though he was banged up last year, he's going to play. You know that Christian Mahogany is going to be one of your guards. He, I mean, he's going to be all American potentially. You got Kyle Hergel. He's going to play the other guard position. You got that going. And you also know that Ozzy Trapilla will play a guard. But that leaves you two big question marks right here. What goes on with that other tackle position? Who is going to play that? And that's one of the biggest question marks right now is because we don't know who that is. If you would ask me at the beginning of the year, for the, the the spring and summer sessions, I would have told you Logan Taylor was going to be the starter going into the season. You know, you go out in that transfer portal, you get a guy with a high upside. He's got a relationship with them at Moorhead. He looks like the he looks the part. He plays the part. I would think that Logan Taylor would be your other starting def- tackle. Seemed like that would be a slam dunk. Now, my faith in that prediction has dwindled as camp has gone on. And this is nothing against Logan Taylor. It's just based off of what I've seen and what I've heard. 
So it makes me think that maybe Taylor isn't going to be the starter when it comes to that first week one game on September 2nd at Alumni Stadium. So if it's not Taylor, who's it going to be? Well, there's a few different things that could happen here. I'm talking about the right tackle position. And one quick little note that I think is worth monitoring is that Jeff Halfley and I forget who the other, there was another player, Emmett Moorhead brought it up, have kind of let it slip that Ozzy Trapilla might kick over to right tackle this year. He might switch positions. So that might happen. That might be something that you see on the offensive line. You're expecting Trapillo to hit the blind side for, for Moorhead, but maybe he's not that answer there. But it, no matter what, you're going to have one tackle position that you need to fill. So who's it going to be? Could be Taylor. The other big name is Jude Bowery. Jude Bowery is a redshirt soft, uh, freshman out of St. Francis Academy who this offseason has put on some good uh, weight. He was ready to play at the end of last year. I don't think he – he might have played a little bit. But he is a tackle through and through. And how far has he progressed? Well, you, sometimes when – especially now that the staff have practices closed, you really can't see what's going on behind closed doors. You have to listen to what the guys and the coaches are saying. Now, Halfley has praised Bowery. He praises everybody, but he was one that he's brought up. But I thought the most interesting comment about Bowery came from Donovan Azaraku, who called him the hardest offensive lineman to get around. Now, if he's picking up his offense and he's picking up what he needs to do at the collegiate level, maybe Jude Bowery's going to be the name. Maybe he's going to be the tackle that comes in. Honestly, I don't. I'm not here. Per, Pro, uh, pro or against anyone starting. I just, I, you know, as someone who wants to see this team do well, I just want the best guy out there. If it's Logan Taylor, if it's Jude Bowery, what if, it, what if, what if there's another option out there too? What if there's an option number three? Maybe it's Kevin Klein. This is a guy no one's talking about. No, we're not talking about the president of the United States from, uh, wasn't it Kevin Klein? Was that a guy's name that played uh, Dave or president, you know, one of the presidents of the United States of that early 90s movie? Kevin Klein was projected to play last year. He was gonna. He was a tackle. He came in uh, a couple of years ago. I think he's a redshirt junior now, at like 350 pounds. He slimmed down. He's gotten himself into shape. Now Klein missed all almost all of last year with an injury, but Halfley's brought him up a bunch. I don't think it will be him though, and here's why. Again, when you hear how Halfley has talked about him. He almost benches him as an afterthought. Like we have depth, including Kevin Klein. So I don't think it'll be him. And I'm a dork. Now I go to these practices. I, I was watching. I was there today and I was watching. You watch the game. Like re if you ever watch the um, film and I recommend you do the recaps, they have those like really nicely done to hip hop uh, tracks of like all the guys playing. One of our readers on Eagle Insider pointed out that Kevin um, Jude Bowery was practicing with the first line. You could see him. And I think that's important to note because Jeff Halfley just said two days ago that he has the starting five practicing together. So if you notice that Bowery was practicing with those other guys, 
that might tell you something. This is an interesting one to watch, though, because you have four guys down. Who is going to be number five? Now, you might have your thoughts. I want you to leave it off into that comment section so I can hear what you have to say. So if you're on YouTube, hit us up right now. Who's going to be the fifth? Um, who's going to be the fifth offensive lineman playing for BC this year? Is it going to be Bowery? Is it going to be Klein? Is it going to be Logan Taylor? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Now, in a moment, I want to chat with you about quarterback one. And I want to answer a question readers have had about Emmett Moorhead and whether his job is up for grabs with the way things have been going this summer. We'll get all to that in just a moment. Now, if you know me, you guys know me. A trusted guy here on this podcast, you know me about my bird dogs. I have, now I got my first pair of pants. Now it's too hot. I don't wear my pants yet. But I have five pairs of bird dog shorts. My wife told me I got to stop buying them because I, I love them so much. You know why I love my bird dogs? They make me look good. They're stretch khaki shorts. And they're designed to fit slimmer through the thighs and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I mean, for years, I was the guy. I mean, I'd go to press conferences in cargo shorts. I look like a 15-year-old from the 90s, right? The bird dogs made me believe in what I could wear. They were doing, you know, they are fit way better than regular shorts. They're made not made of strict uh, restricting cotton. They feel good too. They're, they're tighter. So they don't look baggy and gross and they don't make you, but they, they fit so well. They make me look good and they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love them for the summer and I think you will too. So what you need to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. It's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. You won't you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, folks, we are back. It is time to talk quarterback position. Now, you're looking around college football, and you just saw Haynes King was just named the starting quarterback at Georgia Tech. Um, the the true freshman over at Arizona State, who um, I forget his name, that was uh, committed to Florida. He's going to be their starting quarterback. But you haven't heard Jeff Halfley name Emmett Moorhead officially his starting quarterback, which readers have asked me on Eagle Insider. Is that saying something about Moorhead? Is that saying something that there maybe is a quarterback situation? Remember, they brought in Th Thomas Castellanos from UCF as a way to challenge Moorhead. Will they be, is there a potential possibility that Moorhead won't be the starter? And I, and the, there's reasons to ask this. I mean, on Tuesday, they released the practice report and Castellanos threw four touchdowns in their seven V seven set more than what Moorhead did. So the reader asked me, what is the percentage I think of the possibility that Castellanos beats out Moorhead and is the starter come day one. 
And my answer to that, to to uh, rip off a quote from Animal House, zero point zero. Look, I know that practice reports are fun. You see the plays of what Castellanos has done, and you're impressed, right? But I'm telling you, Emmett Moorhead is going to be the starter. He has done enough this summer to earn that spot. He's not going to go anywhere. He's going to get the chance to run this team come September 2nd. And this is based off of just everything I know about this team. First of all, the practice reports, right? So Castellanos, yes, he's done well, but he's doing it against the second team defense. Moorhead's doing this against the first team defense. He's doing well. Secondly, just use some common sense, right? I if you if you follow along, um, there's an easy so from a media perspective for a team that has closed practices, you have to take the nuggets of what they give you to understand maybe what's going on because you can't see the practices themselves. I can't tell you if, you know, Emmett Moorhead's missing on intermediate passes or his touches is lacking because I can't see it. But I can tell you that Emmett Moorhead was invited to the ACC media days and that Jeff Halfley trots him out to the media almost every week. That's what he does. He did with Phil Dracovic. And Dennis Grossell, when Dennis Grossell was filling in. That is what he does with his starting quarterbacks. Emmett Moorhead is not going anywhere. And I think it's interesting to note, too, that we have been thinking, and I had a whole episode on this, that I think that Halfley might have some tricks up his sleeve with Castellanos. Castellanos, during media day, says that he doesn't have any, you know, specific packages that he's going to be playing out of. So maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe he's just going to be that backup. Remember, Boston College football has not made it through a single season with one starting quarterback for all 12 regular season games. They've had to use backups. So that's not saying, you know, hopefully, hopefully this will be the season that Moorhead can do it. (laughs) <laughs> that he can break that curse, play all 12 games in a bowl game and, and, and make it through to the other side. But I don't see Castellan. I don't, I really, really, it would stun me if we got to next week on Monday and they released that death chart and Thomas Castellanos is, is the starter or more likely what Jeff Halfley would do is he'd do an or, and then no one would know anything until the kickoff. And then we hear about it in the press box. Right. So I don't think I don't think this is something that's going to happen. Okay. Now, before we get to our last segment about the ACC, I want to give you one other quick note. I think that's worth noting about BC football. So I got a chance to go to practice in Alumni Stadium today. I didn't get to see the whole practice. I got to watch from like sixty yards away, so I really wasn't watching much. But I got a chance to see the new turf that they have in Alumni Stadium. And I got to talk to a few people that are associated with the program and got a better feel of what that turf means to BC. And what I heard was this. I put this up as a VIP thing, but it's not really that big of a VIP thing. So I'm going to tell you guys this. That the staff finds that this new turf is is slower. It's going to slow teams down. 
And you ask yourself, why do you want to slow things down? I think that BC is doing that because they want to be able to play teams like Florida state, not have them track meet you out of the, out of the field. So this, 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 I heard this new field is making the defensive staff kind of lick their chops because it means that like, it's not going to allow like Jordan Travis or, or Trey Benson or some of those guys on Florida state to run at full speed. It also um, prevents what they had last year. What I also heard from the staff is that last year's turf was like a track meet that it was so flat and compact that it was basically like running on a track and that's bad. So I thought this was interesting because if you check it out, when you get, when you, if you go to the NIU game, you'll see that the field is new. It's got a different feel. It felt different when I stood on it and I'm not in cleats. I was just in flip, you know, sandals and it felt almost spongier. I would say, and it's got a little bit more thickness to it. Um, so maybe that's going to impact the games a little bit more. And um, for a team that like BC, that's trying to slow the game down a little bit, it might actually help them out, but we'll have to wait and see. And in our final segment, I'm going to talk some ACC football and I want to get into um, what's going on with the newest things that Brandon Marcello talked about with Stanford and Cal. I'll get into all of that in just a moment. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I'm recording this on Tuesday night, so it's my second podcast recorded on Tuesday, but I have something I have to do on Wednesday afternoon. I want to make sure I got this out for you nice and on time. So we're going to get into realignment again. And we've been waiting, and people have brought up that there were going to be a new, there was going to be a new vote uh, actually a vote because the last one was just a straw poll about adding Cal and Stanford to the ACC. And on Tuesday evening, Brandon Marcello of 247, the network I work for, reported that his newest report is that the ACC doesn't have enough votes still. So what does this mean? Is this bad? I don't know. I feel like there's so many cards left to play in this realignment um, deal it's hard to see what the end game is going to be. Yes, there's a possibility in the next couple of years that Florida State is going to leave. And if they were going to leave, having like-minded academic schools as far as they are at like Cal and Stanford, maybe it does make sense to add them. But maybe there's going to be other moves that are going to happen that we're not even thinking of yet. And when I think of this, I think maybe the people who don't want Cal and Stanford are right. Because the Big Ten, they end in 2030, which might be a close to around when Florida State's going to try to make their jump. If that happens, I don't th- not, I'm not even sure that the TV deals are going to be the similar to what they have now. Now, the SEC they're and Big Ten, they're like Scrooge McDuck right now in the pool full of gold coins because both of the both Fox and ESPN have paid them bank to make them elite. 
But from all signs, from new reports, right now, it doesn't seem like these deals are going to continue happening. So what happens in five years? You know, maybe it's best for the ACC just to chill for a little bit, try to keep Florida State in line for a little bit, and then see what happens. Because maybe there's more moves coming up that we're not talking about right now. Whether that's a new media deal, adding teams that we're not thinking of. Maybe the Big Ten decides they want that money, but, you know, it's time to kick out some schools. Maybe that's the next step is that you're, not, you're going to start seeing these bigger conferences saying, you know, we're, we're not going to get the same money from Fox or ESPN. So we're going to get less. So let's, let's shrink our, our ranks a little bit to get that money. Maybe that's the next case. I'm not the biggest fan. I, I, I have said if Cal and Stanford came for like basketball and men and women and football, I'd be fine with that. But for Olympic sports, I do not want to send, you know, our cross country team across the country for this. I don't want to send our softball team across the country. Just, you know, live in the airport to go play in, in Palo Alto, you know, and then have to travel 12 hours back. I don't think that's a great move. Football is one thing because you have, you know, the timing is a little different, but I, I don't know. I don't think I, I kind of agree with the people I, as I kind of sit back and reflect. I think waiting this out might be the best idea right now for the ACC, you know, trying to figure out ways to placate the Florida States and Clemson's figuring out ways to get more money for them. Um, might be the case, but the last thought here is if you can get a substantial amount of money from Stanford and Cal, because maybe they're just going to go off of their endowment to, to take money uh, to pay their school. Maybe that's the case that you need May You know, if, if they're going to forego their $30 million and you can split those, you know, those up amongst those, those heavyweights and you can keep your conference going. It doesn't make your conference any better, but it does shut up Florida State. At the end of the day, that might be all you need, right? So that's the latest report on realignment. I just wanted to give you my two cents on it. Again, I, I'm torn on what this is what this means, but we'll talk more about it as we go along. Now, Friday, we'll have our final conference with Jeff Halfley before the start of the NIU prep week. We'll get more thoughts on that. And we'll have all sorts of news here on Locked On BC. So make sure you subscribe and like our channel. And make sure you follow us on Eagle Insider as well. And you can find me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.